welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Deacon Bob. Hey, and this is my accordion. Don't be afraid. Um, I am all by myself once again. This will... Oh, wait, let me write that down. Man, those things are heavy. Um, second podcast where I'm flying solo. Many of you know the reason why. Uh, unfortunately, Father Dave's father passed away. Uh, you might remember last episode, he was in Arizona with his family. And so there were two things he wanted me to share with you. Uh, first of all, just that his dad is home for Christmas. Uh, here's an email he sent to all of us, that Franciscan. I want to thank the university community for your thoughts and prayers for myself and my family. My father, Bob Pavanka, great name, went to be with Jesus yesterday morning. My family rejoices that my dad is with Jesus this Christmas. The readings at Mass over the last many days have invited us to reflect on Emmanuel, God is with us. The miracle of Christmas is that in Christ, the Father has chosen to be with us, to never abandon us, to dwell among us. I am particularly aware of this as we approach this Christmas year. I was blessed to be with my mom and my family when my dad passed away. It was a difficult and beautiful morning that Jesus graced, and my family rejoices that my dad is with Jesus this Christmas. So... Uh, so let's all just keep Father Dave, uh, his family in prayer, uh, the soul of Bob Pavanka. And let's, let's just do that right now. Almighty God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift that Bob Pavanka was, uh, particularly to his family. And we just ask, uh, that through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, that you might welcome him into your arms and that you would give comfort to the Pavanka family. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Uh, That was the first thing he wanted me to share with you. The second thing that he asked me to share with you is that the Buccaneers lost. Specifically, it was a shutout. My friend is mourning so it would be inappropriate to make any additional comment, except that we're praying for you, Father Dave. Uh, That's probably the biggest sports uh, thing that we're going to do in this particular episode, so for those of you that only listen for the sport element of it, uh, you can probably turn it off. But an exciting episode, Uh, I'm going to talk about Spider-Man without any spoilers, the newest Spider-Man movie. Uh, Going to talk, obviously, a little bit about Christmas, I'm going to play a song at the end that I just wrote, so I hope you like it. But first, we begin with the gift bag. This week, I was uh, incredibly blessed by two gifts that came in the mail. The first one is from one of our viewer-slash-listeners. Her name is Celeste, and Celeste wrote, uh, Over the summer, my friend group and I went to Steubenville to the Renew Retreat. I enjoyed the whole thing, but you made it a lot more fun. Aw, thank you, Celeste. Uh, I think you like Bob Ross. Who doesn't? So I painted a picture of you and him. I hope you like it. I can't wait to go to Steubenville again. Sincerely, Celeste. Uh, and she did. She did a painting and a drawing of Bob Ross and myself side by side. If you're um, listening, you just have to imagine it's beautiful. Uh, you've got Bob Rice with his big Bob Ross with his big smile, and I think there's a tree with a happy squirrel in the background, and then there's me. Uh, next to the Disney Tower. You know, my promo picture on my website was actually taken uh, in front of the Beauty and the Beast castle at Disney World. So thank you so much, Celeste. That was incredibly sweet uh, of you to put that time and energy in, and, and I really appreciate it. Another 
pretty wonderful thing arrived in the mail. It's my new guitar. Uh, we mentioned this a couple episodes as well. My brand new uh, Taylor guitar. Absolutely gorgeous. This was sent to me from a listener in uh, Seattle, the Seattle area. He's got a music studio, and he was feeling the Lord telling him to get rid of some of his stuff, and I'm so grateful he gave some of it to me. Um, it's a it's a custom tailor. It's a one-of-a-kind. It's got koa wood. Uh, it plays beautifully, and I couldn't be more happy. Uh, this would be a great uh, guitar for me to gig around, and if you ever come to any of my events, uh, you might see me playing this very same guitar because that's really what I need it for. So excited to play it this summer at the summer conferences. Maybe just a quick plug. I think you can start signing up for those pretty soon if you can't sign up for them already. And we're really excited to bring everybody back this summer uh, to hear inspirational talks and to worship the Lord and to adore the Eucharist together. So uh, so thank you. Uh, thank you, man from Seattle, Tom, who uh, was so kind enough to share the abundance of your blessings with me. I am blessed by it. And many others will be blessed by it as well. Well, speaking of blessing, Spider-Man, the latest Spider-Man movie. Uh, I'm, I was supposed to see it with Father Dave. I still will. Uh, I'll, I'll take him to see it. It'll be interesting to hear what he thinks about it. Uh, I, will, I will share this without any spoilers. In fact, I'm going to talk more about just the genre of Spider-Man than necessarily the movie itself. So those of you that haven't seen the movie... Um, will really enjoy all the fun twists, turns, and surprises that go along with it. Now, if you watch the trailer or even saw the movie poster, so this is not a giveaway, um, you'll realize that what happens in this particular movie, this movie is the third of a trilogy with the actor Tom Holland in the quote-unquote MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But those of us who are older remember there were other Spider-Man movies, weren't there? The first Spider-Man trilogy uh, was with Tobey Maguire back in the day. In fact, it came out when there weren't like superhero movies, and it was amazing. I mean, you could you could argue that it was the success of the first Spider-Man movies that really paved the way for the type of Marvel movies that we see today. Uh, the first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire was incredible. He fought the Green Goblin. Uh, the second one was actually one of my favorite superhero movies of all time, where he fought Doc Ock, and actually Dr. Octopus is um, you know, one of the guys on the poster, and he's very much um, shown in the trailer for the newest movie, right? The same Dr. Octopus. And then there was Spider-Man 3, and Spider-Man 3 was a disappointment. Uh, There's a lot of crying, I remember. Like, I think I counted, they broke down in tears like 13 times. We had a weird emo moment, a dance musical with Spider-Man. It was just a train wreck of a movie, and it kind of ended, you know, the whole Tobey Maguire saga. So a few years later, they tried to reboot. This was Sony Pictures, not Marvel. This was before, um, you know, Disney bought Marvel, and they were making all the movies. So they tried to reboot as the amazing Spider-Man, and they hired a actor named Andrew Garfield, uh, who's a great actor. Uh, he's a tall, lanky guy, so that's a little different than Tobey Maguire. What I loved about the amazing Spider-Man is that uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was a lot more of like a wisecracking Spider-Man, you know, kind of, you know, very common in the comic books. He makes a lot of jokes and, you know, a lot of sarcastic remarks as he's fighting the bad guys. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, the first one I thought was a pretty good film. The second one was really, really bad. Featured Jamie Foxx as Electro. Um, it just wasn't a good movie. And 
that ended that Spider-Man movie. Well, in comes Disney and Marvel, and they make a deal with Sony to uh, co-work on some Spider-Man movie together. And so that's where you got Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home. And now you've got Spider-Man No Way Home, and this kind of concludes the trilogy of Tom Holland. I think these have been some of the very best Spider-Man movies ever. In fact, I think the first Spider-Man movie, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, is one of the best superhero movies ever. I just think it's absolutely fantastic. Also, as a side note, I'm a huge Spider-Man nerd. Uh, I always loved him in the comic books as a kid. He always resonated with me, as he does with many super, super great stuff. So what was amazing is in the trailer of the Tom Holland latest Spider-Man movie, the Dr. Octopus from the second Tobey Maguire movie shows up, and you're like, what? And sure enough, um, some magic happens with Dr. Strange, another one of my favorite characters, and accidentally pulls in the villains from these other multiverses where these various spider people dwell. It's not unlike uh, what they did in the cartoon, which is another great movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, but we just don't have time to talk about that, people, so you'll just have to wait for another podcast episode. Anyway, long story short, too late, this movie was awesome. Um, I thought this movie was really incredibly well-written. It was super fun, and what really impressed me was that this wasn't just the conclusion of a trilogy. It actually tried to resolve the lingering issues that weren't resolved because the other series of movies kind of kaputted because they just weren't very good. So it it tried to resolve some of the issues that were from the first three Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, and it also tried to resolve some of the things that were left hanging from the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. And, I, I mean, it, it wasn't just trying to be like the end of a trilogy. It was like trying to wrap up a whole eight-movie thing. Now, do you need to watch all of those movies to enjoy this one? I don't know. I've seen all of them. I don't know what it would be like, but I don't think so. I think the movie moves along pretty well, and it's kind of cool. But if you have watched all of those movies, this is really incredible. I've always been amazed at how Marvel has pulled off a feat of pulling together multiple characters, multiple storylines, and not feeling like it's shortchanging any of them. In fact, I remember when the first Avengers movie was going to come out, um, you know, it was going to bring together Captain America and Thor and Iron Man and, uh, you know, give a bigger role to Black Widow and try to revive the Hulk franchise that had died under Edward Norton. And then it was going to introduce Hawkeye. And going into it, you thought, one movie can't do all this stuff. Like, this is just going to be incoherent nonsense. And it was a fantastic movie. I mean, it really was exceptional. And they've they've kind of found that formula of being able to assemble uh, all these storylines, all these plot lines, and putting them together in a really great thing. So if you love Spider-Man, um, you know, this was a great Spider-Man movie in the sense that it really just got to the essence of who is Spider-Man. Even with these different universes going on, the commonality of, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, you know, which is the famous line from the first few Spider-Man movies and always has been a through, you know, a theme in all of the comic books. So I give it a thumbs up. Now, what will Father Dave say about this movie? Probably whatever I tell him to say. Uh, Father Dave and I have a funny relationship where even when we don't see movies together, he texts me and he says, what do I think about that movie? And then I just diligently text him and, and uh, tell him that. So I'm excited for him to see the movie. We'll try to take some pictures. Uh, and uh, when he gets back in town, hopefully uh, things will be a little bit better and in more of a fun mood. And we will enjoy ourselves 
uh, movie together. So highly recommended. Go check that out during this holiday season. All righty. And now for our Franciscan promo. Our hearts will never part from you, Franciscan University. Franciscan University of Steubenville opened its doors for the first time on December 10th, 1946. Wow. And throughout the coming year, we will celebrate the 75th anniversary of our founding. I'd like to invite you to go to 75.franciscan.edu. Uh, it's a really cool website. It's the number 75.franciscan.edu. And they've put together lots of cool, fun history things about Franciscan uh, from its start when it was the College of Steubenville, uh, the charismatic revival in the 70s to the present day. You can watch a fascinating video on the history of the university, explore a timeline filled with fascinating Franciscan facts, listen to our alma mater, yeah, and to a recently uncovered audio recording of Father Dan Egan, T.O.R., our first president, as he talks about the faith and reason focus of the college from its very beginnings. All of this and more awaits you at 75.franciscan.edu. That's 75.franciscan.edu. Uh, really, really cool. And if you don't know, the reason I'm so excited about the alma mater, a number of years ago, I was asked to, I didn't rewrite the alma mater, I updated it. You know, they created the alma mater when it was the College of Steubenville. And so the alma mater that we had been singing didn't mention anything like Franciscan, <laughs> Holy Spirit, uh, you know, the mission of the university, all the things that really Franciscan University is known for. So I was very honored uh, when Father Sean Sheridan, our president at the time, gave me the nod to uh, take a go at updating the lyrics, and I even put a little musical bridge and some happy harmonies in there, and you can check all of that out as well. You can kind of compare the two, uh, 75.franciscan.edu. And uh, you'll really be blessed by it. I've actually just started to tinker around on that page myself, and it's pretty cool. It's an exciting time for us at Franciscan. It really feels like a, a kind of springtime for us. You know, we've launched this capital campaign, which is already really successful. We're celebrating this jubilee year. Uh, great and wonderful things are happening. And a lot of it's thanks to your support, uh, you who are listening, you who are watching. Thank you for your prayers. Uh, thanks for your contributions, all the great stuff you're doing. Gosh, thanks just for listening to this podcast, which has been a, a super huge, super huge blessing and just an incredible gift uh, to the church. Well, you've been in a gift. <laughs> that was arrogant. I was moving on to the next thing about the church. I didn't mean to say this was a gift to the church. You are a gift to the church. And thanks for this gift. I'm just going to move on. This isn't going to be edited very well because I'm doing this last minute, and I'm just trying to get something out there. Um, but it's all good. Praise be Jesus Christ. So um, Christmas, right? It's like happening. Uh, it's happening very quickly. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of cool. This year we had the second longest advent we could possibly have because we got, you know, usually don't get four full weeks of advent. You get like you know, three weeks and a half or something like that. Um, but with Christmas being on a Saturday, we really did get four weeks or three weeks and six days of Advent. And I love Advent. It's my favorite liturgical season. So I've been having a great time. This Advent has been very, has been very special for me being recently ordained. It's my first liturgical season as a deacon. I'm loving my new parish. Thanks for all your prayers and support there. Uh, they're letting me preach which is kind of cool. I've been preaching a number of daily masses, and I'm on the schedule to preach for 
the Epiphany, the Feast of the Epiphany. I'll be at all the Masses for that. So um, really an amazing time of blessing and just and just a gift, just a gift of the Lord. And so as this podcast drops on a Wednesday and you've got a few more days left in Advent, uh, just an encouragement to really soak up this time, uh, this time of grace. And of course, if you're listening uh, after Christmas or on Christmas, even boy, what a, what what better Christmas? What better way to celebrate Christmas than to listen to a They That Hope podcast? Um, it's just so amazing that we have a God who became flesh and dwelt among us. And as amazing as it is that you know, as we reflect on the time when the body of Christ was in Mary's womb. Um, isn't it just as amazing that we can receive the body of Christ on our lips, that we have Christ in our hearts? There's a parallel in the season of Advent that on one way we look back and we remember the first coming of Christ, but we're also looking ahead. We're looking ahead to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And one of the amazing things as I've been reflecting on the scriptures uh, during this Advent, particularly about our Blessed Mother, you know, our, our Blessed Mother lived in the light of the promise that God gave, but treated it as a reality. She didn't, you know, question it. She didn't discern it. She just acted upon it. I mean, even, you know, her going in haste to the hill country to see her cousin Elizabeth, right, when she found out from an angel that she was six months pregnant. She didn't sit around and wait and think and maybe and talk to people about it and send a messenger and just double check and make sure. She lived in the light of the promise of God, as if it were a reality. And I think a question for us is, do we do that as well? She was living in the light of the promise of the first coming of Christ, but we are living in the light of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And do we make that our reality? Jesus Christ is coming, and Scripture tells us when? Soon. And it also says to be prepared. And the preparation that we should have in our lives for the second coming should not be one of fear and anxiety. If anything, it should be one of reconciliation. It should be one of peace. It should be one of, well, rejoicing, right? Rejoice in the Lord always, said St. Paul. And again, I say rejoice. Knowing that all of these things around us will pass should give us a peace and a confidence to hold our heads up high and to look towards what is above and not is what is on earth. Death reminds us of this. And of course, I've been reflecting on that when I got the text from my good friend Dave that his father passed away. I recall a couple years ago when my dad passed away. And it's a difficult thing. Death is, it is horrible. <laughs> like it just is. And, you know, one of the, uh, one of the prayers of the liturgy says that God hates death. And I love that line. God hates death. In fact, he hates it so much. Part of the reason for the incarnation was so that he could take on our life so he could also take on our death and on the cross destroy our death and give us everlasting life. And there's always that sense when somebody dies that on one hand we rejoice that they have run the race. We rejoice that they are home, you know, home with Jesus. But then there's an empty seat at our table. And that's particularly more prevalent during the holiday season. At least it is for me when we're all gathered around at Thanksgiving and somebody's missing, right? When we're gathered around for Christmas and somebody's not there. And my prayers go out to those of you who are suffering those losses in different ways. Maybe it was someone from many years ago that you're still just feeling that loss. 
Maybe it's somebody very recent, even as recent as the Pavanka family just a couple days ago. But in the midst of all of that, the gift that we receive in Christmas is hope. It's hope for something more than just this world. It's hope that we are called to something greater and that the reality is this life goes by in the blink of an eye, but eternity is, well, eternal. And the joy and the peace, a place where there is no more death, no more tears, uh, you know, no more pain, none of that stuff is, is going to exist. That's what we were made for, which is why I think things like death just feel so kind of unnatural, even though in some ways you could argue death is one of the most natural things that occurs. But it strikes us in a wrong way because we were made for something more. We were made for something more. And so um, as we celebrate this Christmas season, as we finish this time of Advent, as we come upon this baby in a manger, a God who became flesh and dwelt among us, and we realize that, as Fulton Sheen said so eloquently, that the wood of the cradle cannot be separated from the wood of the cross, it's an invitation to resurrection. It's an invitation to a new life of grace. And it is a looking forward in hope of a time when all things will be restored in Christ. Those that we have been separated from in death, only for a short time, we will be together again. We will be united. And with that, uh, in an understanding of God's love, we can have hope. We can even rejoice in the Lord always, and again, rejoice. I wrote a song a couple days ago. I just thought maybe I would close out the podcast with it. Uh, it's a little bit about that theme. Uh, it's a reflection of a few of my favorite scriptures that I've been reading in uh, the Liturgy of the Hours. Uh, you know, particularly the beginning is from one of my favorite po- prophets, Habakkuk, when it talks about even if, you know, there's no herd in the stalls and uh, there's no flocks in the field, I will rejoice in God. And the other is based actually on our scripture uh, this year at the university, that unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. And all of that sums up in a sense of peace and a sense of hope. Hey, no matter what's going on, The Lord is present, and he is our inheritance, and we are his. Um, By becoming flesh and taking on our flesh, we can now partake in his nature. We can partake in the divine nature. That's one of the reasons for the incarnation. And, you know, we are elevated from creatures to being children uh, through the love of God. He gave us incredible dignity by taking on our flesh, and now we can receive him body, blood, soul, and divinity. Not just in the Eucharist, it's just a foretaste of what is to come. And so I hope you enjoy this song, and I hope you have a Merry Christmas. Let me get my guitar. Blossom not, nor fruit beyond the vine. Though the yield of olive fail and terraces decline. Though the flock all leave the fold, 
with no hood in the storm. Still will I rejoice, O Lord, in you, my saving God. You make my feet swift as the hind that set upon the height. I will not fear as you are near, inheritance divine. Inheritance divine Unless the Lord reveals the truth The teacher can't explain Unless the Lord builds the house His builders work in vain In vain I stay awake at night in vain I early rise In vain I can't think of a time When you did not provide For I am your inheritance And you, O oh Lord, are mine I will not fear as you are near Inheritance divine Inheritance Divine. You make my feet swift as the hind that sit upon the height. I will not fear as you are near. Inheritance divine. Inheritance divine. Inheritance divine. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year on behalf of myself and Father Dave. Uh, we pray you have a blessed Christmas celebration, and we will see you again in the new year. God bless.